Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm V. So essentially, we used to work at Build-A-Bear together, and now we're here to tell you a bunch of spooky stories about where we live now. Yeah, so I currently live in the interesting state of Florida. I live in the even more interesting state of Wyoming. And we met in the less interesting state of South Carolina. I don't miss South Carolina, like, at all. Um, me neither. Me neither. It was fun for a bit, but time's passed. Yeah, I feel like working retail in South Carolina is worse than just, like, residing in South Carolina. Especially in Myrtle Oh my god. The, the amount of news footage there is of us yelling at children out there, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's only one thing. Or pigeration. Or what? Yes, that was like the worst experience of my life. That was terrible. You got on the I news did. a lot um, It's literally me just yelling at children and I am sunburned and it's great. <laughs> It was me giving out Capri Suns. See, that's so. the nice part. You were just like, hey, here's a child. I'm not going to yell at it. I'm going to give it juice. No, I didn't give it to the children. Oh, oh, you were drinking it yourself? Yeah. Cool. And giving yeah. it to us. <laughs> you know, that is, oh yeah, I do remember that. That feels like it was years ago. Was it? Because it was. Oh yeah, it was years ago. Like two? Yeah, it was three? like four. Four? It was like 2018. Have I lived in Wyoming for four years? Three. Okay, I was about to say, like, oh my god, did I miss a year? Yeah, because we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, I feel like this is definitely a dry run for, like, a podcast since we've never done it before, like, together or by ourselves. I've been on a podcast, but I've never, like, arranged a podcast. (laughs) So it's kind of weird. Just going to go with the flow. Right? I feel like we just got to go for it. Um, and I feel like out the gate, we're going to do this first episode of just us talking about an interesting local legend that we have in each of our states, because ghosts on the coast are a lot different than ghosts in Wyoming, because it's yes. all Western and dusty here. Mine are just Florida stuff. <laughs> I feel like Florida stuff is Florida super man. vague, because all the news headlines I see, I've never been to Florida, I've been in the Fort Lauderdale airport for like five hours but i never escaped the airport so i feel like i see all these headlines of like man attacks alligator like it's exactly like that is it actually exactly like that yep the news paints a great picture of the state like i don't want to like i guess group all florida people into one category but every time i see it right like every time i see it yeah the same category um, mm-hmm. Wyoming, I feel like the only thing we got going for us is we're not real. That's the thing that a lot of people say. And I kind of agree. I don't think this place is real. My favorite thing when Wyoming comes up is I go, my friend lives there and told me that the tallest building is only like two stories. That's a lie. We have <laughs> a three story building, but there are no oh, no, elevators. It's one escalator. Yeah. It's, or, right yeah i think there is only one escalator in the state of wyoming and it's in the cheyenne mall but i've never seen it i mean i've been here for three years and i've just never ventured there but it does take 45 minutes to get to any civilization from where i'm at right now nice nice 
do you want to go first with the story or do you want me to go first? You can go first. I feel like this is a trend today. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like I'll just go into it. Uh, The guy that I'm talking about today, his name is Big Nose George, which I think is kind of rude, honestly. But if you look (laughs) at pictures of this dude, you can, he's got a big honker. Like, it's pretty bad. So yeah, Big Nose George, he does not have a lot of documentation on him. The only thing I could really find was he was born in France for sure. He had a bunch of different last names that he went by, but mm. the most common one was George Warden. Uh, so, but a lot of people just called him Big Nose George. And he was born in 1834, but the only documentation other than that birth certificate in France traces all the way back to 1878 in Carbon County, Wyoming. And that's where he committed all of like his debauchery and like all of his crimes was in Carbon County. Interesting. And he was like around 44 years old-ish. Yeah, which honestly, that I feel like that's pretty far in the West, like in to the be 1800s that old. too, yeah. Yeah, like, he's pretty archaic at that point, and he's probably like, I just want to get out of this town. Like, it's not going to happen. So he actually came up with an idea to help him get out of Wyoming, which was robbing a train. Ah. Um, Clearly, that's the first thing ever. Like, don't get a job. Just go rob a train. Uh, So he got a gang of men together, and there wasn't much information on like who he had in this group of men. The only people who were actually named were... (laughs) <laughs> were was uh charlie burris but people called him dutch charlie and then big nose george and then i think there was a guy named edwin but i'm not positive he's just mentioned in like a couple articles but he never had a last name which i think is a shame because if i was in a gang like in the west i'd want like a dope ass yeah, name like big nose george <laughs> right, what would yours be like if you had a western name if you were like a train robber in the 1800s, what would you go for? I don't know. Maybe like, hmm. Cutthroat Carly. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty, I feel like I was gonna go with something, but then I remembered like, B. But like, if I use my full name, it would be like, Sharp shooting shell oh, or something like that. Shooter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like um in holes kissing Kate Barlow. Yeah. That girl. Yeah. I that was my first gay crush was kissing <laughs> Kate Barlow. And I will stand by that to this day. But anyway, he got this group of gang members together and he decided we're gonna rob this train. And I don't really know what went went wrong. But nothing went right. So they pretty much hijacked this train. And then they were like, okay, you know what? I give up. So they walked away. But um, there were these two men who were like, you still tried to rob a train. So like, we got, we're going to catch you. Like, don't be stupid here. And that would be Robert Widowfield and Tip Vincent, which again, coolest yeah. Wyoming names Shit. ever. Like, I feel like their parents raised them and understood, we're going to live in the Wild West. We got to name our kid Tip. Oh, Kip. <laughs> I thought it was Kip. No, Tip, oh. like T-I-P. Yeah. that's. I mean, it's a cool yeah. name. I wonder if that's his actual name, though, because I didn't find much on him either. There aren't a lot of records in Wyoming, which kind of sucks. Um, the only person who has, like, a lot of records is Robert Widowfield. And he was not born in Wyoming. He was actually born, I think, on the East Coast with his father 
also named Robert, which I don't understand why that was a thing where they would just name their kids after themselves, I guess, because they didn't think they'd make it to like 40 or something. I don't know. Um, but his name was Robert and Robert's mom wasn't in the picture, but his stepmom, Anne, was in the picture. And she's the one that actually moved them across country to Wyoming and they settled in Rollins, which is in Carbon County. Um, but before that, they were like a mining family. They liked to, to dig holes and like look for gold hmm. and all that kind of hmm. stuff. Um, but he didn't want to do that with his life. So when Anne moved them, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the dark. Like that's dangerous work. I feel like less dangerous work would be becoming like a police officer or sheriff. And that's exactly what he did. But like, you're still going to get shot yeah. at. Like you're either going to suffocate in a mine or get shot at. But I guess like daylight is there as an added bonus. <laughs> Uh, so he, he basically ended up in Rollins as a sheriff. A lot of people liked him and, uh, his family has actually stayed in Rollins this entire time. Um, there's a descendant. Her name is Christine Henderson. She's the one I got most of my information from an article where someone interviewed her. Um, so she said that Robert's father was not in the picture when they got to Wyoming. So what I'm assuming, I'm not positive, is just that Anne was like, you stay here, play in your dirt. I'm taking my kids west and it's totally fine. And that's pretty badass. Like in the 1800s, like as a single woman to like bring three kids, I think it was Robert and his two sisters or Robert and a brother and sister. And they just went west and that on foot mind you (laughs) like that is she's like a girl boss yeah she's super badass and that was the last i really heard of her um so robert is like the main focus of our story because him and tip were like yeah i'm gonna go back and we're gonna go get george because george is an asshole and so is charlie and they robbed this innocent man just trying to transport stuff so they mount their horses and they start heading into the plains of wyoming which have you ever been to Wyoming or like no. out west or anything like that? Farthest I've been is, I mean, I've been to Seattle, but like, I've between Seattle and like Michigan, no. <laughs> oh, shit, it's. I mean, it's a different world. Like, I almost cried when I got here because I was like, "Why aren't there any trees?" Because there's no trees. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some trees, but like you have to go into the mountains to see like trees and okay. like water, like around where I am at and where Rollins is, it's just like straw, grass and dirt. Like that's it. It's beautiful, but it's so desolate. And that like at the same time is a good way to, to commit crimes because there's no one around. Um, so what George and Charlie and the gang of men that they had that failed miserably at robbing this train, what they did is they went into some place called Rattlesnake Canyon. And that is like close to the Elk Mountain range. So they're close enough to mountains where they could get lost in trees, but they decided not to. They decided just to stay in Rattlesnake Canyon. Um, And I didn't know what a canyon looked like. Like, (laughs) I know that sounds so stupid, but like the Grand Canyon is the only thing that I've ever seen. And it's like filled with water and like these cool caves and like these rock designs. And that is not Rattlesnake Canyon. Like Rattlesnake Canyon is literally just like a giant hole with some rocks. So like, it was like a clubhouse kind of thing. So they decided to set up camp there that night and you could see the smoke from their fire. And that's how I'm assuming Tip and Robert found them. 
but not positive. Uh, they probably had like some tracking methods that they used, but I'm not sure what they did because the only thing that you were, could really find in the research was that George and Charlie were smart enough to put someone at the front of the mouth of the canyon to be like, hey, we're keeping an eye out. So they spot um, Tip and Robert from like miles away because like I said, it's just like a plain dirt thing. You can see two men on horses no matter how dark it is. Uh, so George, he was super kind. He was like, if this is just like a cattle rancher or like just this guy moving like through the night, we're just going to leave him be like we've had enough trouble for today. Uh, if he minds his own business, we'll mind ours. But the closer that they got, they realized, oh, shit, these two men have guns. They're full speed ahead running at us. So uh, George and Charlie hide in the brush with the rest of their gang. And they end up opening fire on these guys, uh, which I don't. It kind of sucks because I'm like I'm really rooting for Robert and Tip here because mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys are avenging this nice, this yeah, nice train guys. conductor, right? And you're avenging this town. And these men tried to rob some innocent dude. Failed at it, but they, he still tried to do it. But honestly, I feel like it was kind of stupid to not approach from behind, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. they, like, full on probably thought, I can load my weapon and shoot a lot faster than these men can. Um because they're probably not super competent. But, like, that just wasn't the case. Like, they got shot pretty fast. And I think Robert, like, there was no, like, autopsy done on him or anything. I think they just buried him immediately. But they said that he had, like, a pretty quick death. He got shot, like, a couple times. And he was just, almost immediately, he died. Um, And then Tip, they said he put up, like, more of a fight, but he still died. Like, he had gotten off of his horse and everything and, like, started running and then died. Yeah, which, by the way, I (laughs) – the horses were fine. And I feel like that's important to mention, right? Very. (laughs) Very. I was about to ask. Right? Because, like, in every single Western story I've ever heard, they're just like, oh, my God, like – these men were in a shootout and I'm like what about the horses like Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. what are you doing or like when I see people play like video games like what is that one it's like Red Dead Redemption or something Redemption yes yeah there's the guy and the horse and you only care about the horse I only care about the horse and the dog that he like occasionally picks up I'm like where's the dog where'd he go why is he not following you which makes me sound like a bad person obviously I care if they live but the horse like come on it's yeah yeah (laughs) Robert and Tip are dead, and George and Charlie actually steal their horses, and they end up going their separate ways. The whole gang's like, you know what? This is too much trouble. Like, Peace. I just want a pint of beer. I'm gonna go. Like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a skedaddle. Um, so stupidly, the gang and Charlie decide to stay in Wyoming. I think they go like their separate ways in Wyoming, but they're still in the state. And then George ends up in Montana, which is pretty close uh-huh. to Wyoming. It's not yeah. too far. Um, so he just took this horse all the way to Montana. He's like, I'm going to fucking get out of here. I don't want to get in trouble. Like, I didn't do anything when I robbed the train, but now I killed two, like, policemen. I got to go. Once they find the bodies of Robert and Tip, the townspeople are, like, pissed. They're really mad. They're like, these gang members think they can just come in here and, like, hurt our town and then kill our best sheriffs 
Like that's, that's fucked up. So they decide to take the law into their own hands and they're like, we're going to put out a $10,000 bounty on, on this group's head. Oh, wow. And that's pretty pricey. That's big money for them. Yeah. Right. Big money. And then they raised it. They were like, you know, we're not getting enough tips. We haven't found these dudes. So we're going to raise it to 20,000, which I did some math. Wow. And by math, I mean Google because I'm bad at math. Um, that's worth $443,000 today. And that's wow. a lot of money. Yeah. I feel like 20 grand for like help now is still like a lot. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I take 20 grand immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the fact that, like, inflation rates have been like, hey, guess what? Now it's like almost half a million. Yeah. Like, wow. here we go. Especially for a small town, mm-hmm. like in Wyoming, because they didn't have a lot of money. Um, but anyway, this really got the townspeople to be like, we got to catch mm-hmm. these guys. Uh, so they found Charlie first. He was actually on a train, which I think is really ironic. Yeah. Um, so he was on a train and the this mob of people like suddenly realized at the same time they were like man this is this is dutch charlie this is that motherfucker so they pull him from the train and after that they're like really fast they string they like tie a noose around his neck and they like throw it over a light post that's at the train station and they're like we're gonna hang this motherfucker right here like, no one's going to stop us. And he's, like, standing on a barrel. Oh, like, no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation, no trial, no nothing. They're just like, we're going to we're gonna kill this guy because we know it's him. Um, who else is fucking named Dutch Charlie, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, so he's standing on a barrel. And I think, I'm not condoning it, but I think this is pretty badass. It's said that Elizabeth, who was Robert's sister-in-law, so Robert's brother, his wife, um, was actually the one that kicked the barrel out from under Charlie. Oh, I love revenge. Exactly. Love that for her. So I'm like, damn. Yeah. You got your fucking revenge and you killed this man. Um, which, honestly, she that's probably a bragging right. And that's just rumor, so it's not like completely true, but that's what his descendants said essentially happened. But again, it's just word of mouth. It definitely makes the story more like sensational, though. Mm-hmm. Um so basically george all the way in montana this motherfucker drinking until he's like blackout and while he's like blackout he's like guess what you guys you know those two sheriffs all the way in wyoming yeah i'm the one that killed them yeah i'm the i I definitely did that sticking his nose where it doesn't belong that horse out there yeah i stole that too that's that's roberts so like yeah fuck him so these guys are like did you guys see that poster over there that is, you can't mistake that nose. Like, come on, that is, that is George. So they grab this guy and they string him up just like Charlie. Hmm. And he's like, wait, 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 like, don't do this. Like, I'm pleading for my life here. Don't you think it will mean more to the family if I'm like killed in Wyoming and not Montana? So they're like, oh, fuck, you got a point. And he was just like, you know, the poster says dead or alive. Why not make it alive? So he's like, Okay, so they like load him up in like a wagon or some shit and take him back to Wyoming where he is put into a a jail cell or a prison. It didn't really say. It just said he was incarcerated, um, hmm. which I think, okay, so the town that I'm in, there is a jail in this town and it is from the 1800s and I really want to go to like a, a Halloween tour there because they offer those. But the point is, is it's not like a very secure jail. Like inside is all concrete and cement. But around that, they take 
they took like big logs and like big planks of wood and just like stuck it in the ground. That's not very secure. And I feel like it's even less secure when you only have one jailer. And that's exactly what happened with this dude is there was only one jailer and his wife. And I guess they live nearby because once shit happens, his wife just like comes running over and he's like, what the fuck? Like, you can't be here kind of thing all the time. And she's like, no, I want to be here. You can tell me what I <laughs> what I got to do. Like, this is this is my house, too. But it's really just the jail. Um, so he's put in there after trial. And it's a pretty quick trial. It's basically like, you already confessed. We know you did it. We already killed Charlie. He confessed to it while he was hanging. So, like, you know, it's it's not a big deal. So he is sentenced to hang on April 2nd, 1881. So that means he has a couple weeks in this jail and for some reason he had a knife. Like, I don't know why they let him keep that, but he had one and he ended up using it to like saw his shackles off like over time. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. And then when the jailer uh, came in to like talk to him or something, he like lunged and ended up stabbing this dude a couple times. The jailer's fine, by the way. Oh, good. Totally okay. Rosa came to the rescue. She was like, I told you it was a good thing that I was close. I love this girl power in your story. Right? I love it so much. It's so good. She was just like, fuck you. You gave him a knife, like that kind of thing. Um, So he was totally fine. And he ended up getting more security around him. And he still was set to hang on April 2nd. Um, So obviously the whole town probably wanted to see this. So. I don't know if they had like a platform or like if they did it over like a tree or something like that. That was never like in the story, but I feel like platforms are like strictly European where they like do that. Not do that. It's a podcast. Oh no, they're in like Wild West movies. Right? Like that's what I was thinking too. So maybe it was a platform. I honestly don't know. I'm really bad at painting a picture for this. (laughs) Um, But he was basically strung up to and he i think he got some last words i'm not really sure but he ended up ultimately dying he was probably pleading some more um but these townspeople they had no mercy they're like you killed a bunch of people by a bunch i mean two you killed two people you Mm -hmm. stole their horse like there's twenty thousand dollars in it for us you're gonna die like that's just how it is so the thing about big nose george like that that could be the end of the story like the whole entire gang got hanged everybody Pretty solid. They got revenge for Robert and Tip's death. It's totally fine. Uh, I think the rest of the gang was also caught and killed. But the thing with George is his story, like, doesn't end after he dies. Oh. He doesn't become, like, a ghost or anything. But honestly, maybe he is. I don't know. He was, like, his body was donated to science, which sounds super weird, but in the 1800s, medicine and like especially medicine in the West was like super questionable. Mm-hmm. They did not know shit. It was like, oh, you scraped your hand and it looks infected. Let's just cut your whole arm off kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, leeches for bloodletting, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing, um, which I think yeah. we should do an episode in that later is like terrible medicine practices okay (laughs) it'd be so cool yes yes basically this doctor his name was dr john osborne he decided i am gonna take big george and i am going to strap him to this autopsy table and we're gonna cut the top of his head off so they didn't like decapitate him but at the time they had the belief that Hmm. 
a criminal brain physically looked different than let's say like a brain of like a Western housewife at the time. They thought like if you committed terrible acts, your brain looked and felt different. We know now that's not a thing, but back in the day they were like, yeah, we're gonna do that. Basically he sawed off like the very top of this guy's head. So like just the, just a little bit, it wasn't that bad. Okay, yeah, okay, I get it. Like a cap off. Yeah, kind of. Thing, of. Right? Um, and they ended up giving that to the doctor's assistant, Lillian Heath, which by the way, this woman is a badass. She is actually the first uh, certified female physician in Wyoming. Oh, nice. See, love this girl power. Exactly. She's fantastic. Wyoming's actually really progressive when it comes to women, which is odd. I love it. She used his head, this bone, this clean bone as an ashtray. Love that. And sometimes as a doorstop. And 50 years later, when they found his body, I'll get into that too, but 50 years later when they found his body, she still had it. Like she was a practicing physician in Wyoming up until the 1920s and still had this the cap of this guy's head as an ashtray. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's she's a badass. I think she's like femme fatale, very gorgeous. Yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's essentially what happened with that. But they weren't done with George yet. So what they did is they created something called a death mask. Do you know what that is? No. So essentially, it's just like a plaster of someone's face. You can, uh, they did it a couple different ways. I think in France, they would like actually create like a sculpture of it uh, with the likeness. But in this case, it was kind of like paper mache and they just put it over his face so they could get a cast of it. Okay. Um, and that is still actually in Wyoming today. And then I think the grossest thing and the thing that he's most known for, uh, Big Nose George, is becoming a pair of shoes. What? Which, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, they took, this is so gross. I'm not into like medical stuff, but they took the skin from his like thighs and his chest and they dried it out and they created leather. And then they turned them into shoes that Dr. John Osborne wore to any fancy event for years. That's kind of sick and morbid and wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up. And that's why when I was like earlier, I was like, damn, like, I feel bad. This guy tried to rob a train and then he killed two men, but y'all turned him into shoes? Shoes and an ashtray. What the heck? And then they put the rest of his body in this barrel in like a salt solution that like dried him out. And then they just buried him in a backyard. In a backyard. Don't know where, just in a backyard. Oh my God, it literally could be yours. <laughs> Terrifying. And then um, <laughs> they actually, they did find it. They were doing some uh, some construction in 1950. I think I said 1922 earlier, but they were finding like, I think they were building a bank, honestly. And they dug up this this barrel. They took the ashtray from Dr. Lillian Heath's desk and they matched it with that missing from the body. And they determined, oh, this is Big George. And that was in 1950 when she was still practicing. So yeah, 1920 was way early, but- um, Oh, wow. That was in 1950 and now it is in a, I always say this word wrong and people make fun of me for it, but now it's in a museum. Did I? A museum? I said that word. (laughs) Museum. Okay, I say like museum. You say museum. 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 Anyway, it's it's on display and it's in Rollins now, um, which is about 45 miles away from where I'm at now. Oh, wow. So that is the story of Big Nose George and how he got turned into a pair of shoes. That was, that took a turn. 
yeah yeah it's insane i mean like there's a bunch of western stories out there about like shootouts and that kind of thing but i've never seen anybody turn into shoes before and people are no. like yeah let's root for this guy turning him into shoes but then it, what is that um ed gain i think it is he i think in like the 70s he turned people into furniture not not like defending him at oh all. wow yeah it was but like a like, whole thing but like totally not defending him yeah it's like not that nah, like it's kind of sketchy right like, and then people right? were just You're like this dude made shoes that's fine <laughs> and then he wore them mm -hmm. to events yeah yeah it's That's crazy and this guy i mean like it scares me because you can see pictures like 1881 actually not that far away and like if you mm -hmm. look up big nose george which i feel like we're gonna put this on our instagram too is like pictures of big nose george and the shoes um they're honestly very well made which sounds kind of terrible, but the craftsmanship for is it great. Being human. Yeah, yeah, for being human, you can't really get picky, you know? Hey guys, just a little break in between. Uh, we are working on creating an Instagram as well as a website that will have pictures and our links to our sources. Yeah, for sure. If you want to follow us on our actual social medias, uh, you can find me at B Yarkin, which is B-E-A underscore Yarkin, Y-A-R-K-I-N. And that's going to be on Instagram. Eventually, we will have a website set up for you guys to check out. But if you want to learn more from us, that's mine. What about you, Carly? My social media is Carly, C-A-R-L-Y underscore D-O-M-S, so Carly underscore Doms 22, and I'm pretty sure that's my username for everything. Instagram, Twitter, so you can find me on there. What do you have? So I have a spooky little story about a doll who is kind of the cause of a sea of very misfortunate events. My story takes place in Key West, Florida, which is pretty far from me in Florida, but very well known, the Keys. And Thomas and Minnie Otto were a very wealthy family, very well known. And they had a couple kids. Uh, in particular, we're going to be talking about Robert Eugene Otto, one of their sons. And in 1904, his grandfather, uh, gave him a doll from the Steiff factory in Germany. I think I said that correctly, but I'm not too sure. It's German. You get a pass. Yeah, so Robert, I'm for the sake of the story, I'm going to call him Otto just by his last name because Otto was very fond of this doll. He was so fond of this doll. In fact, he named it after himself. Oh my god, why didn't you say it was... Oh, he named it Robert. So I think I know what you're talking about. Not only that, this doll was made out of straw and about the size of a four-year-old boy. That's I feel like that's not normal to have like a four-year-old sized doll. No, like I had dolls as a kid, obviously. I had stuffed animals, but the size of like a four-year-old kid is pretty large. That's terrifying. It was the size of a human that, in fact, it wore an outfit that Otto wore himself as a child. Kind of strange. As a child, when Otto misbehaved, he tended to blame all the instances on Robert. In fact, that a very common phrase in the household became, Robert did it. The family would constantly find toys broken or mutilated around the house. 
they would find dishes, silverware thrown around, and being a wealthy family, at this time they had some houseworkers, and the houseworkers would report finding unused bedrooms, the sheets torn off the bed, and they would often get locked out of the house on different occasions. So, like, the assumption is, at this point, like, the parents think, oh, this is, this is definitely my son just being a little shit. My son, yeah, my misbehaving son. So, the first uh, paranormal encounter was one night, Otto awoke to find the doll sitting at the edge of his bed. So, very strange, but Otto took this doll everywhere with him. He had a seat for it at the dinner table, he took it on trips, and not only that, he brought it to bathe with him as well. So finding it at the edge of his bed, not super strange, but he didn't remember putting it there. So moments later, the rest of the household was awoke because they heard the sounds of furniture being thrown around. And when they found the root of the sound in Otto's bedroom, there was furniture all over and the boy's room like in complete chaos and he was frightened out of his mind. So, and he blamed it on Robert the doll because Robert the doll was still sitting at the edge of his bed. The family also reported, this is I think the creepiest part, so the family would report overhearing of Otto talking to somebody in his room and when they would listen in they would hear like the voice of a young boy, so a little high-pitched voice which would be Otto himself and then they would hear a deeper rougher voice answering the questions. And when the mom would come in, the doll would be staring directly at Otto himself. I feel like there are so many, like, possibilities. Like, my my white person-ness in me wants to rationalize it as, oh, my kid definitely has some shit wrong with him, but it's not demonic. Like, it's fine. Visitors would report, like, when family or friends would come over, uh, they would always report hearing voices or, like, a very mischievous laughter, as well as if the family wasn't home, they would report hearing footsteps around the house. So everything that thought it was Otto, the child, kind of left everybody's head when the family wasn't home and all this chaos would still continue. So the family was made very aware that this doll had something going on with it. So one day, uh, an aunt in the family came to, was like, I'm I'm sick of this. I'm done. Let's put this doll in a box, put it in the attic, and never see it again. Good for her. So that ha- right? Right? That happened. Put the box in the attic. The next morning, when everybody awoke, the aunt did not wake up. She was found dead in the house. Oh, my God. So, so reports, reports say it was a stroke, but was it a stroke or a coincidence? Can, can you get a stroke from being so scared? Like, because if I woke up and that you doll was, like, can. at the foot of the bed, I would stroke out immediately. I would probably yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, the doll was also sometimes, so, after this, they were like, okay, doll's coming back down. Not going to have that happen again. And the doll was kind of placed in, like, a windowsill that you could see from outside. And neighborhood kids uh, would report it seeing it there one day not seeing it the next or show up in a different windowsill and so when Otto went to check 
in himself that he actually found the doll in a completely different part of the house in a bedroom sitting on a rocking chair. Why are, like, creepy dolls always associated with rocking chairs? I don't know. I'm never going to have a rocking chair in my house. It's not happening. No, and I don't want a like, doll. Like, I don't even like Cracker Barrel because it's lined with rocking chairs. Like, I'm not <laughs> dealing with that. Like, I don't know. I feel like most doll stories are, like, you know, small, normal-sized dolls. But imagine, like, you know, like a doll the size of a child. Like, that's pr- – I feel like I would be, like, up to my waist almost. Like, Why would you even buy that to begin with? I would see – even in, like – the early 19 you said this is 1900s yeah like even in the 1900s i'd walk into a shop see a child-sized doll and get my family right out of there yeah it's not happening it's yeah so eventually otto got older he was uh known as so he went to school in new york and paris for art he was known as a very eccentric artist and he in paris met his future wife anne and they got married in 1930 after his family had passed, he inherited, him and Anne inherited the family home. Oh no. And so they returned back to the family home and it was reported that Otto still took this doll around the house with him, still ate dinner with it. The worst part that Anne hated was he kept it in the bedroom with him. Wait, do you know if he had it um, when he was in Paris and met her? He did not. No, he, it stayed in the family home while he was away at school. That's such. kind of scary because, like, it's kind of implying that as soon as he gets home, he still has this, like, attachment that he just forgot, that he remembers yeah. now. And, like, I have, like, stuff from my childhood, like, but I'm not that attached with it, you know? Oh. Like, I have a blanket from my childhood, but I don't bring it with me wherever I go kind of exactly. thing. Like, it stays on my like, bed. Like, oh, my beautiful wife from Paris, oh. I'm going to just bring this doll with me yeah yeah so it stayed in the family home when they got back to the family home it came back into his life um and it stayed in his life there was reports of him like sitting in the attic talking to it while he was like kind of dying so in 1974 he ended up passing away and the doll stayed in the attic because Anne was like i don't need this and she reported hearing footsteps and malicious giggling from the attic, which reports said that all this horror eventually, two years later, ended with her death. So for 40 years, they lived in that house and kept this doll. With this... Yes, yes. So with their passing, their house was sold and things inside were kept. Things inside, such as Robert the doll, was kept in the house. So... After they passed away, a Myrtle Reuter, I think is how you pronounce her name, uh, purchased the home, and she had a family of her own, and to much of her daughter's surprise, she was excited to find the house came with a doll. Nope. Well, that excitement did, in fact, not last very long, uh, because the child had many nights that led to screaming, convinced that Robert wanted to hurt her, that Robert would wander around her room at night, and also that... In this switch of households, uh, the doll would sometimes be there, and sometimes they could never find the doll. It's four feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, and they could not find it sometimes. So what ended the horror of this doll being in this house was one night, apparently, uh, Myrtle 
rushed to her daughter's room because her daughter was in complete horror and screaming in terror, and Myrtle found Robert the doll at the edge of her daughter's bed with a knife. Like, actually gripping the knife. Because I've seen, it's been a really long time, but I've seen pictures of this doll. Um, It doesn't have hands, right? No, it's like, no, it's made out of, like, it's kind of like mittens, essentially. Yeah, so I don't know. It didn't say how the knife was placed or anything, but the reports I read that it had a knife somehow. So this was, Myrtle was like, no, this doll's gotta go. So that's how it found its current home. So in 1994, the doll was donated to the East Martello Museum in Key West. And with that, the horrors still continued. So many visitors report movements from the doll, as well as changes in facial expression, and some even reported hearing faint laughters coming from the exhibit, which would freak me out if I was there and I saw a doll's face change and hear laughter. I'd be like, nope, take my money, I'm going. Dude, could you imagine if when we worked at Build-A-Bear, if there was just like this one bear you would not even work there i would die like if when you would go in the back stock room yes that place was creepy if, if you heard like bulbasaur start like laughing out nope poppy laughing out. oh dude absolutely out <laughs> <laughs> so on top of that uh visitors are encouraged to ask permission before taking photos of robert the doll the big phrase that the uh museum workers tend to push is respect Robert because if you don't respect him bad things are going to happen to you and those who don't respect him leave with bad luck attached to him and some reports have said this bad luck has caused car accidents divorces job losses other accidents such so with that Robert gets lots of apology letters and apology gifts sent to him directly to the museum and there is I do not remember her name but there is a lady who is robert air quoting that um because she does reply to some of these letters as robert himself she works for the museum which i think would be pretty cool you know i'm sending an apology letter and i get a response back like yeah that would freak me out but on top of these apology letters he robert also receives uh letters to wish bad luck and misfortune on others Whoa, so people use him as, like, a way to curse people? Yes. That have not even been to the museum. Correct, yeah. Yeah, they know about him, and they know what bad luck has occurred because of him, and they're like, I want to wish this on other people. I feel like we should both make it super clear that we do definitely respect Robert. Yes, I. every time I've been researching this, I'm like, I respect you, I, I... I respect you fully. Exactly. Other, Same here. Yeah. Other visitors have also uh, reported that when they're at the museum, their cameras or devices start to glitch the entire time they're there. And then as soon as they leave the exhibit or museum, everything works perfectly fine. Hmm. Yeah. So on top of all this, there are a couple alternatives that I read uh, to this story. One being that the grandfather of Otto did not give him the doll, but it was in fact one of his bohemian houseworkers who was his nurse, like his child nurse. She took care of him. And one report 
was that she cursed the doll in retaliation for Otto's like misbehavings because he was a misbehaved child which is why his parents thought that all the toys being thrown around and stuff was just him being a little Mm. shit of a child so reports were that the bohemian nurse cursed the stall and gave it to him oh my god yeah which is (laughs) scary and also it was so some reports said it was given to him cursed but others reported that because of how bad he was misbehaved he projected those like vibes on the doll creating like a paranormal like projection and yeah so if you're a bad kid and you're listening to this your toys are gonna come after you that's terrible that's like a jack (laughs) toy story like yeah pretty much pretty much um and there are uh, a few, like, movies and TV shows that have spoken about Robert the Doll. So, like, most recently, there was a... In 2015, there was a movie titled Robert, and it has four sequels, with the most recent one being 2019's Robert Reborn. Hmm. So there's five movies that kind of center around this doll. I, like, uh, remember the movie... I think it's called, like, The Boy coming out and it has that girl from the walking dead that when you started this story that's all i could think about because like this doll was the exact replica of this rich kid yeah yeah so like i don't know if that has anything to do with this story but essentially Otto projected himself onto this doll he made it look like him he made it do everything he did he named it after himself and it was just made out of straw like it wasn't it was 1904 when he got this doll so it wasn't something spectacular like an american girl doll those things actually kind of freak me out too to be honest because my sister's name is molly and she has like the molly american girl doll hated it oh i never had one but mike's because i'm canadian so we didn't have that in canada (laughs) but yeah that's a story of robert the doll and all his misfortunes. That is terrible. I remember um, there used to be a show called The Most Terrifying Like Places on Earth. Yep, they they talked about Did him. They? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I was about to say, it plays like every Halloween, and now that like Discovery Plus is a thing, I can just watch it at any point. Um, but yeah, I remember that is the one that stuck with me. Like the rest of them, I was like, okay, weird. But that one, mm-hmm. as soon as you said like replica i was like oh fuck i know exactly what she's talking about and like now ever since like i research this every time i like turn off a light to leave my like a room or something i'm like oh my god is this doll here it's i mean it's a scary i think it's a scary looking doll and like that's said with respect very very much respect we just have the utmost respect for you robert utmost respect exactly but like I feel like anything you take from 1904, like you can you can show me a school desk from 1904 and, it looks and I'll be creepy. like, oh, that shit's haunted. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, in that respect, I feel like uh, I never want to go to Key West, and I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> I'll come visit you, but I'm not going to Key no, West. I live far from Key West, so we're good. <laughs> good. Okay. <laughs> I don't live far from Big Nose George, so you know if you ever come out here, we can we go might look be at able to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I think that's it for us today. I feel like uh, the more we go, the more polished we'll be. But Yes, and all of our sources will be in the description. Yeah, so we'll put all of our sources in the description. Uh, we are also working on getting an Instagram account, which will also be linked in the description. Um, and so is the website. Do we want to go for a website? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go for yeah. a website. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for us. Yeah.